as possibly bleak as this. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Box to Box. My name is Harry Hicks, and I am joined by Thomas McKeon and Max Botcher. How are you boys doing? I'm a little upset about the Ballon d'Or. I can't <laughs> I was lie. About to say that was the longest, the longest wait. Tommy, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I just realized that um, we. I'm Thomas. Like you say, it's Thomas and and Max, but then we kind of just like say hi. This voice, this voice right here, I want you guys to know is Thomas McKeon. <laughs> yeah, we actually don't know who's who. Revelation, Tommy. Yeah, a little bit of a, a, a <laughs> it's a voice reveal. Voice reveal. It's yeah. Thomas McKeon. Yeah. Um, well, Max, I'm going to dig into your being upset a little bit. Um, I assume it has something to do with the old Ballon d'Or rankings um, from yesterday. Uh, any initial thoughts? Um, I mean, it's it's definitely frustrating. I think even Messi admitted Lewandowski deserved it um, for 2020 season. But I mean, like this, this year, like I think most of football fans can agree like Lewandowski deserved it. And it's, it's almost like a disgrace to the award um, that Messi won it again. Like he's not he's not deserving this time. Yeah, honestly, like I'm so frustrated with this award. Like I feel like it's a popularity contest at this point. Mm-hmm. I think like I mean, okay, yes, Messi won the Copa, but I feel also okay. The whole the whole award is a joke. I feel like it's a yes. popularity contest, and the way they rank it is so stupid, or the way they mm-hmm. score it based on a calendar year where Tell the voting is done at the end of October. How does that make sense? Yeah. It, it includes the Messi, first two like, months. It includes the first two months of the new season, which makes so no sense. This is two two very important months. Think about how many games are in November and December. That's huge. Yeah. And I think that's all not accounted for. Lewa has been destroying in the league this year. Messi has one goal. Yeah. Like that's just like that has to play a part in the yearly rankings. Yes, you won the yeah. cope over the summer, but let's talk about the year as a whole. I, I agree. Kind of I I also think and and I think some people might be uh, might not agree with me on this, but um, I think that team success is too heavily um, like rated or like ranked or emphasized even when deciding on like the best player because I think when you look at the best player, it doesn't necessarily have to be the player on the best team. So like for the Yashin Award. I still think Mendy should have been the best keeper. I mean, sure, Donnarumma had, like, he won the Euros and he was MVP, right? But, like, other than that, he didn't really win much. But because he won the Euros, like, he was a lock for that well, award. Okay, I feel like, no, honestly, I, I think you're kind of contradicting yourself right there. Because um, he was he was on the worst team. Like, if you talk about, like, think about his performance, AC Milan. They were not a huge, I mean, they were obviously a big team, but they weren't destroying... Syria last year, you know. Right, and, but I think I think because he won the Euro and because he did so well and his team won that award, he's like the best keeper. But if yeah. you look at stat if you look at stats wise, like I have the numbers here, like 
Mendy played 50 games. Donnarumma had 54 games in the season. Mendy, Mendy to Donnarumma, 27 clean sheets to 14. Donnarumma, uh, Mendy had 29 goals conceded. Donnarumma had 47. Like, yeah, well, Mendy was the better right keeper. Here, right here is the, I think, the epitome of the trouble with it because I don't know if I agree with your reasoning, Max, because so much of what goes into a clean sheet is the defense rather than the goalkeeper. I think the defense plays a bigger part in keeping a clean sheet than the goalkeeper does. And Chelsea I has agree. one of the best I'll, defenses right now. I agree. And it also, I, agree with I that. think it makes, yeah, go ahead, Tommy. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm heated. I want to back Mendy. Because Mendy, there, there's a, a new stat. There's my analytics squad coming out that there's a stat that sh- takes the expected goals and then the expected goals after the shot. So let's say Mohamed Salah is coming at Mendy and he shoots the ball and it's going top bins after the shot. His expected goal is probably like 70% chance. He's going to score because his shot was sick. Mendy saves that. There's a stat that shows how much like expected goals after the shot um, keepers have. So basically their shot, their shot stopping ability their the ability to stop like really good shots instead of just like leaving up to clean sheets leaving up to um just goals conceded which doesn't take into account any context mendy by far leads the premier league in um expected goals saved he's like twice as much as um ederson and allison and i think like if you want like yes chelsea's defense is pretty great but mendy makes consistently like incredible saves not incredible saves like consistently makes great saves to keep us in the game um and it, it, the stats show it so like i agree that donnarumma is a good keeper um but i think i think as a, an analytics guy that they should be looking at those stats they should be um looking into how much a keeper or a, a player in general adds value to a team i think it, like those stats coming up show that Mendy is an insane stop sh- shot stopper and he should get more credit than he did. Yeah. yeah. I think, okay. um, I think Mendy and Lewandowski are both, um, they, this is both kind of like where they fell short in the voting because the voting is decided by, you know, journalists, uh, captains of the international teams, I believe and players. Um, but I think the reality is like very few people are willing to vote for, a Polish player, a Polish international player or a Senegalese player, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's just like the case. And it's like right. kind of sad. Like you look at the English, um, all the English like reporters and, and journalists, they're mostly voting for English players. Um, so it's like the whole system's kind of broken. Yeah, Mendy was even top 20 of the, um, Ballon d'Or consideration. He was nominated for the Ballon d'Or, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't nominated. He should, obviously should have been nominated. Right. That's like that's pretty clear what's yeah. going on there. Yeah. I, no, I agree with that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I guess, yeah. So I think I'm frustrated that Lewandowski didn't didn't win because I think he, not like okay, yes, Lewandowski had a phenomenal year, but Messi did not deserve to win it. Like that. That's I think the more glaring aspect of it to me is like he just didn't have a phenomenal season. Like what did FC Barcelona do. Obviously, there's the debate again of if it's more the individual or the club. It's an individual award, so he does deserve credit. But Lewandowski is like a phenomenal individual player and had a better year individually than Messi did. Yes, and I, I and I agree. Like I mean, the case in point. 
Yeah. And I agree. Like, you know, Messi Barcelona was like pretty dreadful last year and he still scored a, a ton of goals. I think he still scored like 40 goals in all competitions and like double digit assists as well. So he still individually had a great year, but I think Lewandowski still had an incredible year and he still deserved it. I mean, he broke mm -hmm. the Garrett Miller's like scoring record and everything. Um, so it's unfortunate how it kind of turned out like that. Um, to, I guess, step briefly away from the gloom of Mendy and uh, Lewandowski. Well, first of all, actually, no, not the gloom of Mendy. What he did is pretty incredible. Coming in his first year at Chelsea and getting ranked second for the Yev Yashin Trophy, that's pretty sick. Like, mm -hmm. props to him. He was playing out of his mind. Um, and because of that, obviously, we think he deserves it. Yeah, he was supposed to be like kind of a safe option right. because Kepa wasn't doing well and he's turned into one of the best keepers in, yeah, the, in, the in my opinion the best 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 shot saver in the Premier League I mean the best shot saver in the world so right. I'm impressed yeah and then leading off of that um Conte getting fourth and Jorginho getting fifth that's pretty or third um that's also like pretty impressive like yeah Jorginho getting 460 votes Compared to like Lewandowski's 580, that's a, that's so close to like yeah, that's very close. Things. That's crazy, and obviously, yeah. I, like, I think he I think he deserves it. I thought, or I saw Georgina getting a lot of hate, or a lot of people saying, "Oh, what is he doing up there on the podium?" Like he's whatever trash, or whatever you know. Obviously, he had a pretty big mistake this weekend, which we'll get to. But the guy is the I think he's I think he's Chelsea's most important player when he's on the field versus with when he's off is such a notable difference he like makes that team tick and the the reality of it is is he's just like the most unflashy boring player to watch mm -hmm. like he doesn't do anything spectacular he doesn't have these crazy goals um these like individual moments of brilliance but what he does behind the behind the scenes is like instrumental into how chelsea and italy work um and obviously both those teams played phenomenally phenomenally this year um, so I think there's something that has to be said for him. And I think his impact on both those teams is insurmountable. Yeah. I think my opinion of Jorginho and our midfield in general has just like flip-flopped over the past couple of years. I, could, mm -hmm. I remember like, first watching Jorginho play and I was like so impressed I was like he's he's like he's pulling all the strings. This guy's instrumental. But then we had problems scoring goals under Lampard and it's easy to blame that on our midfield because they're not known for shooting and you watch teams like um just like teams with better shooters you watch Kimmich shoot from long range you watch Declan Rice shoot from long range and you want that um but especially against better opponents you can see how good Jorginho is before I want to like a little bit transition into the game against Man United. Um, Man United actually had a, a press for the first time I've seen in a while. And Jorginho made them look like absolute fools for doing it. He like anytime they came close to him, every single touch was perfectly like placed away from a defender, except for the one mistake. Except for one, yeah. <laughs> except for one, which is so frustrating because he was having, having such a good game. And we were like we we had eighty or like seventy percent possession because because we are so press resistant because of Jorginho, mm -hmm. and that's how we can control games and that's how we win games. Teams like Man City and Liverpool score a bunch of goals, score more goals than us, but are lower in the league rankings because 
they concede more because they don't, can't control the game as much as Chelsea can. And I think a lot of that comes down to players like Jorginho. And when a player, one player can do that, hell yeah, he deserves he deserves to be in the top three of yeah, and one of the biggest awards, two of yeah. the biggest trophies in one year. Yeah, within like and three months of each other. Come on now. I think people that that only look at goals and assists as stats um, aren't going to like it. Uh, they they want to see like flashy players like Salah at, at number three. But I think in terms of like value to a team, Jorginho provides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad that that's recognized though. You know, and like people like recognize like you know it's not all about the goals and assists, mm-hmm. but it's his impact on the team and their performance. Mm-hmm. So. Right. No, I did like to say that because a lot of times it isn't isn't um, isn't like that. So it is. Yeah. It is. It is fun to see some players that um, do kind of the boring work or the dirty work, kind of um, to get recognized. Yeah. Um, instead of just those showboaters, you know. You know yeah, like Mbappe. He's trash. He's horrible. <laughs> Number nine in the world at twenty-two. He's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. Um, all right, yeah, Tom, I think you started us off a little bit, but let's hop into some match uh, match reviews. Uh, I think both both teams could have done better, both Bayern and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bayern with the 1-1 draw. Um, 1-0. Bayern coming 1-0 up. 1-0 win. 1-0, yeah. Um, both kind of a little bit bumps in the road. I think we can start with Chelsea just because Thomas was speaking on it there. Um, but I know I was texting both of you during this game. Um, but I was pretty frustrated with the way Thomas Tuchel handled that game mm-hmm. um, because I think Chelsea were playing so well. I thought they, yeah, maybe would have liked to score in the first half. I think Callum had a pretty big chance, um, but they didn't. But they were still controlling the game. They saw the like majority of the possession. They're they're doing what they do, um, and then obviously that fluke goal happens um, for United um, with an error from Jorginho. And then United have kind of the momentum and they're building and they're building and they're building. And in my mind, you know, obviously I'm not a top European coach, but in my mind, okay, when they're building, they're building, they have all this momentum. The easiest way for us to switch that momentum is to shake things up a little bit, make a sub. We have a stacked bench. One of the most like best benches in, in the world. Yes. We have all these players sitting on the bench, eager to get on the field and nothing happens. And they keep getting that press. They keep getting that press. United are building momentum, and we don't don't do anything to do it. And honestly, we got lucky to get that to get that penalty. Yeah, um, I think it was a the right call, but I think we got lucky and almost kind of bailed us out. Yeah, um, so I think that was pretty fresh. I don't know if you guys think differently, but um, I think I would like to see kind of us go for it a little bit harder. I think yeah. it's frustrating to wait till the seventy fifth minute of every game to make a sub when yeah. it's obviously we need it. Lukaku in the 82nd minute. Yeah, ridiculous. Well, the the stat that is blinding is Tuchel has yet to come back from down to win a game with Chelsea. Wow. He's yet to do that. And I think, Harry, you're you're pointing to a pretty um, clear reason why. He waits so long to make a change. And, like, man, man, you – like, they still weren't, like – threatening a goal like i understand tuchel was like wasn't too worried but it was obvious they i think man united had like three shots the entire game um so still like a 
we, we were controlling the game, but if you, if we want to actually break them down, um, Timo wasn't getting any, any passes to him. He obviously wasn't working. Why not? Why can't I, I don't understand how he just like doesn't see that as like something that's not working. Maybe we need to switch it up. We spent 55 minutes trying something. Um, we've gotten a decent amount of chances, but I don't know. Something needs to change at that, at that point. Mm-hmm. Hudson no, Adoy was great. Uh, I thought, well, I know. I think, I think he was good the first half of the second half. Yeah, not so much. He didn't like he wasn't up there, and we have Christian Pulisic sitting on the bench, and we talk every week how they're such compatible players, and they build off each other, and they do a similar thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think when one of them's not doing so hot, it's not that big of a like game switch for Tuchel just to swap the other one in, but it does give a fresh look to the team and some energy. And we talk about how yeah. Pulisic is this super, like perfect super sub. Throw the guy on the field, let him do what yeah. he does, and don't give him ten minutes to do it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. I was frustrated. Yeah, that's a crazy stat too, Tommy. Like the uh, what was it? Tuchel's never come from behind since he's been coaching Chelsea. He hasn't. He's come back from behind to draw, but never to win. It it's a crazy stat, but at the same time, like how many times are they behind? Like, yeah, not probably that not enough. that much. You know. Yeah, but so, you can you can, you can see that you know like when the players are down it's kind of panicked. Like we try to get, we try like long balls to get the ball up and try to like get something going. And that's when teams starts to mount like counterattacks and yeah. actually like start to ha- get something. Cause we're kind of panicking because we don't know what to do. Also, it was pretty obvious that um, with, obviously they scored from it, but United found our weakness and just those long balls off our own set pieces. We had something, like, I think 16 corners and we didn't score off one of them. That's also yeah. ridiculous. Um, for a team, I think we have the most goals off set pieces this year, or mm-hmm. at least close to it. I think there's eight of them. I don't know if anyone has more. Um, so we have to do something there. I don't think we played like, uh, obviously it's not always the best move to play a short corner, but I don't think we played one short corner that whole game. Like, why don't we switch it up and do something a little different? That's um, honestly so frustrating when we don't do that. Like we keep on United kept kicking those balls over the top. And we also, we also didn't, we only kept one person back there the whole time. And every time in the second half that United played it, it was a scramble. One of them leading to Georgie, or the Jorginho error that led to Sancho's goal. And it was the same thing every time. It was scrambled, it was panicked, and it was like that was where United's chances were coming from. So honestly, I feel like they're like, okay, we're defending these corners and we're getting chances out of them. Like, let them keep getting these corners. Yeah. You know? And I think in the game, like, recognize that and just pull someone else back. Like, that, that should be – we don't – I don't know. I, I was frustrated. Um, and I would really like to see some uh, some differences tomorrow and a little bit of a rebound and um, hopefully a, a good thrashing of Watford. But honestly, I don't. If we win, I'm not even too worried about the scoreline. I just want to see some kind of freshness and like new ideas um, when when things aren't going our way. Because there's going to be a chance in every game. You know, a team builds a little bit of momentum. Even if we're up 2-0, Watford could get a little bit of momentum, string a few passes together, make that difference. Like put in, like put them to bed. You know, like win these games. Where if we're trying to win the league, we have to win every game that we can, and we can't let easy points like that slip away. Yeah, I think it's well. It's going to be interesting because you know every every game matters, and you need all these points to like win the league. But it is a quick turnaround. So like Wednesday, there's a game tomorrow, and then they play West Ham on Saturday morning, or Saturday morning for us. So like are we expecting them to like maybe rest any players and play like a different lineup 
uh, tomorrow than we'd see maybe on Saturday? I think, I mean, I would, I didn't watch Tuchel's press conference actually, but I do think they're, um, we're a little, we're a little short in the midfield right now. Um, and I thin. think, I think Jorginho might not be available tomorrow or might not start. I think it's going to be RLC and Saul tomorrow starting in the midfield, which I'm not particularly thrilled about. I think it'll, it'll pass, but, um, I do, Max, to your, to your point, yes, this would be the game to rest people. Um, a yeah. midweek game against Watford, a game that we should be able to win, um, hopefully easily. Um, yeah. And West Ham are a very good team that are very hard to break down. So right. we need we need our strength come this weekend. Maybe a, maybe a good game to get Lukaku back into the swig of things, maybe? Yeah, I, I think I didn't, again, I didn't listen to um, Tugel's presser, but I did see some things on Twitter that said it was maybe he was implying that he wasn't going to start. Um, however, I would like to see him start. I think he should get in there. Um, if not, I don't want to see I don't want to see Timo in that central position. I would like to see put Kai back there. Kai was playing well there. Um, put Mount there even, honestly. Put play him as a false nine. Um and then I would I'm interested to see. Um I bet honestly, I bet as Pilicueta starts over Reese James. Um, I bet Reese gets a time on the bench and maybe. I don't know if Alonso will start again. I bet Alonso, I bet Callum maybe plays um, left wing back. And Alonso gets a gets a break as well. I guess those are my quick predictions. But tell me what you got. I think um I think we last week we were talking about what's a good position for Mount. I want to see him at the false nine. We've been we played Pulisic at the false nine. Why can't Mount play there? And if he performs well, he's a creator, and that's what a false nine is supposed to do: draw defenders out and create. Hey, last time he played in the front three, he scored a hat trick. Like, come on! Like, why not? Why not? Let's try it out. Um, and I actually want to give a little praise to Alonzo. I, I didn't. I think he played pretty well against Man United. Um, it's definitely hard to compare him to Chilwell because I think Chilwell's one of the better left wing backs in the world right now. And especially him at the attacking third, like getting into um, spaces in the box. Alonzo has a shot. He has the fundamentals, um, but he's no chill well in terms of like dribbling ability and getting into positions right. to score. Um, but I thought he was fine. So uh, um, yeah, maybe rest him up for that West Ham game because he's going to, we need him. We need him at this point. Right. At that left wing back position. Yeah, I mean, he's our best option at left wing back, definitely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah, just hopefully get through this um, this Watford yeah. game with a weaker lineup. I think it's most important that we get a confident win. Like again, I don't really care about the scoreline if it's a win or not. It can be one zero. I'd be fine as long as as long as it's as it's convincing. Because mm-hmm. um, we do need that confidence. West Ham again are like a very good team. They're playing really really well. So. We need some confidence. We need some um, stability. We don't want any kind of nerves going into that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, let's let's just chat about Bayern uh, with their one-zero win um, against. But how do I say this, Max? Bielefeld. Uh, Bielefeld. Yeah. Bielefeld. Um, Bielefeld. Yeah. Did you watch that game, Max? What What happened? I feel like I. I mean, I watched the last, the second half. Um, took. Took a Leroy Sané moment of brilliance to to get the win, but they had so yeah. many chances they just couldn't score. So many chances. 
I think this was like one of the games where I've seen like the most emotion out of Sané that I've ever seen in my life. I feel like usually he's like this like very calm player. Um, it wasn't even like he was just getting frustrated, but like he did have tons of opportunities to score. And Davies had a bunch of like maybe two or three chances to score as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it was just one of those like the Bielefeld keeper was actually so good. I don't even know his name, but he played so well. And then mm-hmm. there was like this this Patrick Wimmer Ortega. guy. Um, Ortega, Ortega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his name. But um, Wimmer, he, he was the guy that had like tape all on his face and his nose. Like I don't know if he like broke his nose or something. He played like so well. Mm-hmm. Um, just like defensively and then going forward, like he was incredible. But um, I think the games that we've seen without Kimmich, like we haven't been as sharp and we haven't performed as well. And I think it just shows how important Kimmich is um, to our team. So, mm-hmm. you know, missing him, missing him for the Dortmund clash this weekend um, is going to hurt. And, you know, Toliso is fine. But is like, no hurt? Why wasn't he on the bench? Or why didn't he get the start? I think I honestly think it was because Subitzer had that bad game against Augsburg and gave up those two goals. Yeah. I mean, now, Toliso, I feel like, did his part. Yeah. And now Toliso is playing. Toliso, I think, is supposed to start this weekend as well. Yeah. I mean, um, you got the full so, 90. Gresko was sub. Yeah. Um, so. Mitchell. Unfortunate for uh, Sabitzer, but um, I'm sure it's not what Nagelsmann hoped he would turn out to. But um, yeah, I mean, so he's playing yeah. better. Yeah, which is not not a bad thing either. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, uh, Bielefeld did have a couple chances on goal again, um, and I feel like that's honestly what worries me about Bayern is there is kind of always that chance that they will the opponents are always kind of have a pretty good chance of scoring i would mm-hmm. say um, they always yeah. have a chance of sneaking in a goal and so if Kimmich is out and that means that less goals are being scored in byron's for byron um that is kind of a a worry for them i don't think in the bundesliga you know but um yeah you know if if something happens to Kimmich later or, or goretzka even yeah um, when there's a bigger game, a Champions League game or something more that matters. I, I mean, honestly, this Dortmund game is pretty big. Um, yeah. So we'll see how they do against them. Holland's back. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> came came back a month early after. Dude, he's Swiss, a robot. Swiss being back. Swiss Not only comes back, but scores. Yeah. I know, right off the right. bench. What a guy. That's insane. So. Um, yeah, so I think I think it'll be a, a tough game. Um, I don't know if you have any initial predictions, but I think it could be a, could be a tight one. Yeah, I think um, I want to say like a classic, like a 2-1 uh, score for Bayern. Um, I think Dorman maybe gets a goal late, um, just like exposes the defense and it'll get tight for the last like 10 or 15 minutes. But I feel like we should beat them. Um, I'm honestly more scared of Leipzig in the last few years than I am of Dorman. Um, I feel like it's almost like a little bit of an aging team, but I think Gio Reyna is like back in practice now. I don't know what his status is for the game, but it's good to see him like back practicing. Um, if we're doing, if we're doing predictions, jumping right into it. I think I'm going 2-1 Dortmund. Oh. Um, yeah, when, when's, when's the first? I think this might be the first loss I've predicted. I accidentally muted myself, but I said, ow! He <laughs> <laughs> said um, it! Yeah, I think, I think that's what I'm going for. I think I've the last couple of Bayern games I've watched, um, they've been a little shaky, and I think that is due to the lack of uh, Kimmich. Um, he's not going to be there this weekend, um, and a certain Erling Holland is. 
Um, I think I think we're gonna My see a a law switch. Actually, would uh, put Dorman two points clear up top if they do if they do get the yeah. win. Yeah. Um, no Jude Bellingham, so I, I think so. I wouldn't be surprised, obviously, if Bayern wins because I would never be surprised if they win. But I think I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a Dortmund two one victory. Um, Tommy, you got a counter. Um, nah, Bayern's gonna win. Bayern last time were so dominant against Dortmund that I like. I in the 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 Pokal, the domestic cup. Mm -hmm. Um, that I like. I went into the game thinking that Dortmund was gonna put up a fight, and then Bayern just like smothered them. I yeah. feel like Bayern shows up for the these big games. I think they went like three to one, like last night. All night. right, Max. I think two one. Oh yeah, still two one. All right, well, um, we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, we'll right. see. Harry <laughs> betting against my team. Come on. Unfortunate. Yeah. All, right. All right, next year's Ballon d'Or winner. Let's go. We got. Wait, wait. Okay. Well, I was going to say my Chelsea predictions, but. Oh, okay. okay. Wait, let's do those real quick. Chelsea against Watford. I'm going. I'm going two zero. Chelsea. I think two zero also. I'm, I'm going to go one zero. We scrape by. A lot more. A lot. Same. Same game. A lot of mm -hmm. chances. We we scrape away a win. Yeah, I'm thinking. Let's do the West Ham gonna, too. Yeah, yeah I was probably not going to chat before then. Um, West Ham, I think, is going to be a little. I think. No, you know what? We're we're showing up. I think it's going to be a two zero as well. I think I'm going back to back two zero wins. I I think Chelsea will play better against West Ham than they will against Watford. That's kind of how I'm feeling. Um, I think Watford is going to be like one of those like scary ones, like wow, we almost dropped points type of games. Um, and then I think West Ham, like they'll show up. They know it's a big game. Um, they're going to field one of their better lineups as well. Um, so I assume they win like. Maybe a two zero or even a two one. Tom, um, I think that Chelsea had such a great run that it was capped off by um, that Juve game, and I want to see him to continue. But I'm worried that we're a little streaky, and these upcoming games are going to be like we're not going to have our best lineup there, especially with Chilwell out and yeah, we have some a lot of injuries in the midfield. So I think we're going to scrape by at the Watford game. And then I think we're going to draw the, um, draw the West Ham game. I think it's going to be a, a nil nil draw. Hmm. All right. All right. Tommy, um, you were saying Ballon d'Or yeah, yeah, next that? year. Oh yeah. yeah. Why not? <laughs> give me, give me a third prediction. Who's going to win the Ballon d'Or next year. Who's going to knock the main, the man, Messi off. I, Honestly, Messi Messi done. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think they're done winning it. Both yeah, of them. I, did, I, I think that's, so I think that's gotta be the last one. Cause both uh, the teams are on right now. are just not going to, I'm going, I'm going to say Mohamed Salah. I think obviously that's not even recency bias, but I think obviously he's been playing so well for the past couple of months, which aren't going to be scored because the weird calendar shit, but, mm -hmm. um, Liverpool are a pretty good team. I think they're going to put a pretty good fight up for the Premier League title as well as the Champions League. Um, and I think he's, I think he's going to help carry them there. Obviously, so um, that's yeah. my that's my bet. And honestly, you know, as a Chelsea fan, I hate playing against him, but uh, I would not be upset with seeing him win it. Yeah, that would, 
it's got to be the first Egyptian player to win it ever. Probably, <laughs> I would imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, Salah comes to mind. Maybe even like a Holland. Like maybe it's too soon to like even think yeah, about that. Same soon. same thing with Mbappe. But like Norman just got knocked out of the Champions League. He's not in the he's not in the World Cup or the you know. Yeah, and again, it's like it, it's unfortunate that he's not in these big tournaments. But like when I think of like the best player, like he's one and two like best striker in the world already. You know, and he's like scored a goal. I think like the ratio is now like a goal per game he's played. Yeah. Like, which is ridiculous. Yeah. So we'll see. So that's who you're putting your money behind for the Ballon d'Or? <laughs> no, I would, if I put my money down, I'd probably say Salah too. Um, mm. He's just been playing so well. Tom.com. Tom. I'm going to say Serginho Des right wing. <laughs> <laughs> The first at right Barcelona, he's going to convert to right wing. He's played there a few times. He's going to score. He's going to score fifty goals in a candle calendar league year. How about that? How about yeah, that for? He's saving them all for next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's my prediction. It's yeah. a long shot. They call me long shot Louis in, at the yeah. at the stomping grounds at the horse right. tracks. Uh, any any backup. Or no, just um, I think my backup is uh, second place. Excuse me. I think um, Kappa? they they went for a goal scorer again, but <laughs> I think there's a I think they're respecting midfielders a lot more. And I think Kevin De Bruyne is coming up into his prime. I feel like he's gonna he's gonna have to have a he's having an okay year now, but I feel like he's gonna turn it on. Hmm. Okay, it's kind of out of left field, and this is kind of random, but like. I saw a report today that said Barcelona is signing Ferran Torres for 70 mil. But, like, aren't they a million dollars under... Oh, he put in his, like, transfer request. I don't know. Honestly, oh. that I, that's, like, a great signing, I feel like. But Yeah, well, but, like, where are they not. getting the money? Where are they, where, where they're getting the money? I don't know where they're getting the money. Also, they have so many right-wingers. Like, what the hell? I don't, I don't believe that. I believe I, that he'll leave and he'll go to a, a pretty good team. But I don't trust anything coming out of Barcelona, any rumors. I feel like there's yeah. such a big fan base that they're just like prying for something because they're used to. Yeah. Okay, wait, real, real quick. I think we're, we're almost out of time here. But none of us said Lewandowski for Ballon d'Or next year. Mm. How come? Because this was his best year and he didn't win it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How can he, how can he top year. it? Yeah, well, yeah, 2020 was his best year. But like, he but can't if, top what he's done. No, but yes, but he can do it again. And Messi won't win the Copa next year because the Copa's not happening next year. Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate. I mean, like, I think, I think the just because the Copa, like, yeah, this is Messi's like first international trophy. That's like incredible for him. But like, who do they who do they play? They play Brazil and like no one else in the Copa. the The World Cup play-ins with Portugal and Italy are more entertaining than the Copa America, in my opinion. Like the yeah, the only trophy's a trophy. Like, I'm, yeah, saying, I'm saying I'm saying I think that's why he won it. Yes, no, definitely. It's like so majority reason that, why. I think and I think if he didn't win that, Lewandowski would have won. So I guess that's what I'm saying. I feel like Lewandowski's still playing in the prime of his life right now. Right. But that that was like my whole point about like I think they take team success and they weigh it way too heavily on like an individual trophy. You know, like Yes, he had like majority majority of the reason they won was because of him, but he won that and like he was basically a lock for the for the thing. And I I don't think he was the best player that year or for the calendar year. Um, and just because you know 
you don't win trophies, um, but you're the best player, I think you should still be awarded that. You know, like MVPs for other sports okay, are not usually cool. necessarily on the best team. Okay, so wait, no, like I think. So why wouldn't Lewandowski have a chance at winning it next year? I guess you just don't think he's going to play as well as he has been. Yeah, I mean, that's what I that's what I'm saying, but I don't know what what you two are thinking. I think if Chelsea wins the Champions League, Bayern gets cut out, and that that's the that's how Lewandowski wins the the Ballon d'Or. Is he has to win the Champions League? He, he's yeah. not going to win the World Cup. Um, that's his major trophy, yeah. and like I feel like that's kind of a long shot. So yeah. I, I feel like you have to be a player on a team that's either going going to win the World Cup or is going to win um, the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, but it but or it's unfortunate that it's like that. <laughs> And like, the Champions League what is, and Jorginho. Yeah. yeah. But he's never going to win anything with Poland. But he scores yeah. so much for Poland. But he's like, yeah. what yeah. is he supposed to do? I mean, yeah. I it's know. tough. I feel for I him. Know. He was, like, sad. He was, like, actually sad up there. I know. The minute yeah, I'll, they presented I'll that, like, and said it. The minute they presented the, like, Striker of the Year award, like, that BS award, I was like, oh, my God, he didn't win it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Unfortunate. Um, all right. Well, hopefully these incoming results um, and Byron's unfortunate loss this, this coming weekend um, will all lift our spirits <laughs> and uh, let us put this Lewandowski business behind us. But thank you all for watching and listening, um, bringing in some new video content so you're on the lookout. Um, but your eyes peeled. as always, we will see you next week. Peace. Peace, Peace out, boxers. <laughs>